0: Back to the all things sports podcast which you got jr today is tuesday may the 30th happy memorial day i know it was yesterday but i'm a little late so happy memorial day to every you know um, service member that uh, has served and has also uh, maybe you've lost family or know somebody that lost someone and given the life for this country so i want to say thank you to all those that serve I want to say thank you to those that has given their life for this country. You know, it's more than just, um, hot dogs and hamburgers, right? That's not what that day's about. I know that's what we end up doing and it's all good and it's fun, but we can do that because, you know, somebody laid their life down. So just want to take a second, say happy Memorial day to those uh, that has served, those that has served and has uh, given their life for this country. Um, I enjoy living in this country. So thank you to all who has done that. But, uh, Again, thank you to all who has listened in today. I'm going to jump into some boxing, um, some MLB, some WNBA, and we're going to talk about the NBA a little bit and uh, what happened last night. Um, did uh, you know, some of you may have seen it already, but Boston fell short of making history. So we're going to talk about that series and then we're going to look ahead a little bit and talk about the uh, Denver and Miami matchup in the finals. Um, that I don't think nobody expected, and then we're going to talk about some things outside the playoffs as well. But again, happy Memorial Day! Thank you to everybody who has served. But it's hard to believe, man. This is a uh, this episode forty five. Hard to believe that already, man. That I'm forty five in, but I'm excited for where this podcast is going. Excited to be talking sports with you guys. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's what I love. It's what I enjoy doing. So I can't wait to produce forty five more, and hopefully a lot more than that. So but i will give you a preview uh, be on the lookout i got a guest coming tomorrow the episode will be dropping sometime later this week uh, you don't want to miss it it's going to be great conversation so uh be on the lookout for that but again like i said today for episode 45 we're going to touch a little bit of boxing we're going to touch a little bit of uh major league baseball i'm gonna give you my bold predictions for the wnba season although it has started already i'm gonna talk about some talking points there and then the nba This is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, junior I'll be right back. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back. All Things Sports Podcast. Let's jump right into some of this talking points. Let's get into some boxing first um, and just be mindful, guys. Um, A lot of this information that I have prepped uh, for the show was prepped a few days ago. Um, so some of the stats that I have, especially for like Major League Baseball, they might be a little inaccurate just due to, um, you know, prepping for this show a couple of days ago, they, they still play games. So I might be, uh, you know, a stat or two off just because of the games. But um, and then, you know, same for NBA. Some stuff may have happened while we're, you know, while I'm recording the show. So just be mindful of that but uh i like to prepare for the show ahead of time so it was already prepared um and also i can give you kind of live updates as they come in as well which is some of the stuff i'm gonna start doing with this show too is giving you some live updates as i'm recording and something happens i'll just you know pause it and give you the update that has happened so um but just keep that in mind so let's talk about some boxing real quick nothing uh not a lot of uh, box information, but I do want to talk about one, uh, or two fights that, uh, one that I'm excited for and two that I thought was, um, uh, judged wrong. So, Devin Haney defeated Vasily Lomachenko by unanimous decision last week. I don't know if any of you watched that, sh- uh, that fight, um, but, uh, it was a really good fight to me. Uh, I thought it you know, it was great. I thought Devin Haney came out the gate, uh, aggressive, came out the gate winning, But then I thought Lomo really uh, bounced back at the later rounds and really won the fight in the later rounds. But what's bothering me about this fight is the judges said that it was a unanimous decision that Devin Haney won. Now, if you're a Devin Haney fan, you know, close your ears, I guess. But if you go back and watch this fight, I don't think Devin Haney won. I think Lomo won. Like, I think Devin Haney won the first few rounds. But after that, I thought Lemachenko... Really dominated the fight later, and it's funny because his dad, Devin Haney's dad, came out and said that there was no need for a rematch. That Luma, that uh Haney dominated the fight, and I and I was sitting and looking at the TV, and I was like, dude, what are you talking about? He dominated the fight. Like Lomachenko had Haney on the ropes some last few rounds, um, and it's a surprise to me that he didn't knock him out. Like he was working him. It felt like he had to get back in a groove. And for those of you who don't know about Vasily Lemonchenko, Lemonchenko is, I think, the 7th 8th ranked boxer in the ESPN's top-ranked boxing. But he had to go serve his country when Ukraine, uh, and the war probably still going on in Ukraine, but when the war really started happening in Ukraine, it got heavy, he had to go fight for his country. So he had to take time away from boxing to go fight for his country. And he came back over here and just picked this fight up against one of the best fighters in the world, and Devin Haney, for this uh, division. So for him just to pop back in and fight Haney, hey man, he did a heck of a job. I thought he won. So I would like to see a rematch uh, between Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko because I don't think this one was um judged correctly. I really don't. I think they went unanimous decision way too quick. Uh I think if you go back and watch, go back and watch that tape, I think you'd see a whole different, you're gonna see a whole different fight because I did. I didn't see that fight going the way they judged it, but hey, I'm not a boxing judge. Um, that ain't my job. But from my eyes, that wasn't a, that wasn't a unanimous decision. If anything, that you know, Devin Haney barely won, but I thought Lemchenko won. So, I would like to see uh, a rematch between Devin Haney and Vasily Lemachenko. Moving on, July 29th. I cannot wait for this fight. Um, it's probably the fight of the decade. Might be one of the biggest fights ever. Uh, especially record wise, but these two guys are great. Terrence Bud Crawford, 39 0, 30 KOs. They're going to take on Earl Spence Jr., who's 28 0, with 22 knockouts. It's going to be one of the best fights that we've seen in a long time. Uh, you know, uh, Terrence Crawford, the number one ranked boxer, and ESPN's top ranked boxing. Then you got Earl Spence, who I think was number three. Um, this fight right here, guys, uh, you need to go watch it. It's going to be one of the best fights for boxing. And, th- and if you remember, a long time ago, uh, when I started the podcast, I talked about a little bit of boxing. I said that these are the fights that need to happen for boxing to become back relevant. This is the fights that need to happen. Devin Haney, Lemachenko, great fight. Terrence Bud Crawford, Earl Spence Jr. This fight right here, incredible. These are the fights that we need to get boxing back on the scale that it needs to get back onto. A lot of people don't watch boxing no more. A lot of people watch UFC now. But these are the fights right here, the big names, the guys that you know, um, are, are undefeated. The guys that has these tight records, they need to start fighting each other. And we need to see this kind of stuff be put on the line because both of these guys want to stay undefeated. So they're going to come out swinging. They're going to come out aggressive. These are the fights that we need to see. And I cannot wait for this fight on July 29th. Um, I will break down uh, the styles of each one closer as the fight gets here. I'll break down Terrence Crawford, uh, Earl Spence, what I expect. And I'm going to pick, I'll give you who I think is going to win off the surface right now if it was me I got Terrence Crawford winning right now just for me thinking but Crawford is 35 so will that play a part I don't know but we'll see but right now if I had to pick just based off of you know without going back and watching a few fights studying these two guys I would have Terrence Crawford winning but I'm telling you right now that's gonna be a fight that we cannot wait. I, I know I can't wait to see. It's gonna be a great fight. So, tune into that. Tune into that fight. And if you ain't been watching boxing, you know ESPN does the top ranked boxing on Saturday night. Sometimes check it out, man. I mean, I like to check them out. I mean, I know the fights ain't great, but it's still boxing and it's a sport. So, you know, me on the All Things Sports podcast, I'm gonna check it out. So, check that fight out. But uh, yeah, July 29th, Terence Crawford takes on Earl Spence Jr. and probably the fight of the decade or one of the biggest fights in a decade so i can't wait to check that out moving on let's talk about some major league baseball man how about my braves my braves continue to play well um i had a chance to go to the game uh sunday and man let me tell you that was the best uh braves game best that's probably the best baseball game i've ever been to live i've been to a lot of braves games i've been to ton of this was probably the best that i've ever been to um the braves got out to a seven to nothing lead uh on the phillies in the first inning you saw matt olsen homer you saw riley homer acuna went two for two in the inning uh it was just an incredible display of offense they batted around it just the energy in truest part man the energy was unreal when matt olsen crushed that one home run it went 465 man me and the people i went with man we was up jumping and yelling and i uh, mean it was the energy and truest part was just unreal um strider was pitching so i got to see spencer strider pitch man just he was electric made one mistake i uh, give up a tour at homer to brandon marsh but i said that one mistake struck out nine went six innings i mean he leads the major league baseball strikeouts with 102 now just an incredible start and if you guys remember i picked him to win my Cy young so let's keep that in mind but uh he, man, it was just incredible to see the Braves um, just produce. It was incredible to see uh the energy in the park, um, the players. And this Braves team, man, now in saying that, they ended up losing last night to the A's. The worst team in baseball, a team that's on an 11-game losing streak, and we lost. I don't understand how that happens. But um the positive thing out of that is Mike Soroka made his first start in three years. Um, You could tell he was rusty, went six innings, gave up four. Um, and look, I don't care who you are. I don't care what type of athlete you are. You miss, you know, if you miss any type of pro sport for three years, it was almost three. His last he pitched was 2020. It's 2023. He ain't pitched in three years. He had two ACL tears. It's going to be hard for anybody to come. back. I don't care if it's the worst team ever. And, you know, I had to kind of look at that. You know, this, this age team ain't that good, but you know, you got a pitcher that ain't pitched in three years. So for him to come back and only give up four in three years, I thought that was, You know, I thought that was pretty good on his part, uh, not to completely just fold, but uh, to produce like he did. So, man, shout out to Soroka. I thought he did an incredible job uh, just pitching and fighting back, you know. So, but let's talk about them real quick. My Braves, man. And and the Braves right now are sitting at, I want to say, 32 and 22 after last night. Again, you guys got to bear with me with some of my records and updates. I know the some games have happened since then. But the Braves, I believe, are sitting at thirty-two and twenty-two. And the thing about the Braves is, I believe they would have a better record if we'd have been healthy. You got to understand. Still got Kyle Wright out; he's on the sixty-day injury list. Still got Max Freed out, who's beginning to start rehabbing again. He's on the fifteen days, so we still got two of our best top three, two of our top three pitchers. They're out right now, and the Braves are still trying to stay afloat. We both one of the best offenses in the game, but if we can get them two back, and if Soroka can become just a solid. Uh, you know, fifth starter, you could throw Max Freed. Uh, well, Strider to me is our ace, but you can throw Strider out there, Max Freed, Charlie Morton, um, Kyle Wright, and Soroka. I would take that. You know, I, I'll take that five-man rotation right there. That's a great five-man rotation. And I believe that's a rotation that can win the World Series. Now, again, I picked the Padres to win the World Series to start the season. The Padres ain't looking so hot, but it would not be. It would not make me mad if my Atlanta Braves won the World Series. I want them to win the World Series. I think we have the talent to do it. I think we have the best lineup in baseball. When you look at this lineup in baseball and, and uh, that the Braves put out there, it's led by a top two ba- player in the game right now in Ronald Acuna. Listen, I've been telling everybody, I posted this on the Facebook page. If you've watched it, outside of Shohei Otani, you're looking at the best player in baseball right here, Ronald Acuna. I've always said it. And he, the crazy thing about Acuna is, is he's young. So he's 25, but there ain't a lot of there ain't a lot of people better than Acuna when he's healthy. I mean, you could throw Trout in there, obviously, but Trout's not playing to the Trout standard so far this year. Uh, I think Trout's batting like 270, 12 homers, almost 30 RBI. That's still you know tops in the league because it's Trout, but it's not the Trout that we've been accustomed to seeing. But when Acuna's healthy, man, there ain't nobody like him. Batting 325. Well, this was as of Sunday, but it may be. He went 4 for 5 Sunday, so it got up 330, but I think he went 0 for last night, so it's probably around the same average now. Batting 325, 11 homers, 27 RBI, 20 stolen bases. I'm telling you guys, I, I saw a stat that said he's on track to hit 40 homers and still 60 bases. will be the first person ever to do it. Ronald Acuna is one of the best players in baseball, not named Sho- Shohei Otani. Probably the best player in baseball, not named Shohei. I would still have Shohei ranked one, but Ronald Acuna is two or three. I mean, when this guy's healthy, when he is, uh, when he is, uh mind's on the game, when he's focused, when he's locked in, he is one of the best players in baseball, and you're seeing it right now. So you were led off by Ronald Acuna. You followed that up by Matt Olson who now has 16 home, 17 homers. He hit two against the Phillies, and one last night. So now he's top three in the league with 17 home runs. You got Matt Olsen sitting there in the two spot. You follow that up by Austin Riley, who's starting to get hot. You follow that up by Sean Murphy. And then you got Arcia. Then you got uh, Zuna or Rosario. Then you got um, Albies. Then you got Michael Harris. I mean, we boast one of the best starting lineups in baseball Uh, offensive-wise, so I fully expect the Braves to continue to roll. I fully expect them to continue to be uh, a great team, Um, and if we can get healthy, watch out. I'm telling you right now, we still lead the division by, I want to say, like six, seven games. If we can get healthy, watch out. Let the Atlanta Braves get healthy, and you're going to see, I'm telling you, they're going to go on a run, because they always get hot, and they're going to go on a run when they get their pitching staff healthy. Again, the position of need that I would still like for the Braves to get is a left fielder. I know right now you're rotating Kevin Pilar, Rosario, Azuna, which Azuna has been DHing most of the year. But I know we're rotating Pilar and Rosario. I would like to see them go out and get a left field fielder. I wouldn't mind them bringing back Soler. Soler is, you know, he's got 16 homers on the season. I wouldn't mind them going out and back and getting Soler. So that would be awesome to bring Soler back. You know, we did it with Duvall a couple years. We kept trade. We, we would trade them, get him back, get him back. So I don't know. I would like for them to get Soler. I think that would be great. Um, I wanted them to go out and get Ian Happ. The Cubs have kind of came back to earth, so maybe Ian Happ still an option. They can go out there and get Ian Happ, put him in left field. Uh, I don't know, but I would like the Braves to go out there and sign another left fielder because I think that would shore up that lineup a little bit, and that would help them out if they can go out there and get another one. So, But we'll see where it goes down the line. Normally, Uh, Alex uh, I can't never say his last name the GM normally around the trade deadline he always makes a pretty good deal uh, to bring somebody in and help out the team so I'll be curious to see what happens there Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays man they're still dominating 39 to 15 on the season Uh, this team's just been dominant uh, dominant pitching the offense they've hit a hundred and something homers last I looked it was 102 Uh, again disclaimer it could be more now Being it that it's Tuesday, but 102 homers, which led to him, which led Major League Baseball so far. This team is looking like a World Series bound team. Uh, I still think the Yankees are gonna get to the World Series, but we'll see what happens there. They got to get healthy as well. But the Tampa Bay Rays, man, are just they're dominating, man. They're best team in baseball by far, not even close. I'd like to see if they continue to dominate with that. Again, speaking about the Yankees, uh Aaron Judge has found his form again. He's starting to round out. He's tops in the league with uh 15 homers as well he's starting to catch back and getting that groove um they need standing back get that other big uh back back in the lineup they need some pitching uh pitching to get healthy Rendon who they signed Carlos Rendon who they signed he ain't pitched yet this year because he's dealing with injury Garrett Cole's been great they just got Severino back so once they get back healthy they'll be a dominant force as well. And the thing I've loved about this baseball season so far is I've loved the parity. You have so many teams that's just close in record-wise outside of the A's. The A's are terrible. And I say that as my Braves lost to them yesterday. But the A's are sitting at 11 and 44. Um, They're just a bad franchise right now. I know they're looking at moving. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the picture of that stadium they're planning on building. They sent out the picture of that stadium. It's like a $3 billion stadium. That thing looks futuristic, man. It looks crazy, so... The A's are looking to move into Vegas. So maybe that'll help get fan base back. Maybe that'll help get them back to where they need to be. Um, but right now, um, the A's are just a terrible, terrible franchise with no fan support, with no support at all. So, uh, But outside of that, man, I mean, there's been a lot of parody in the league. Detroit Tigers, a team that still continues to surprise me. They're playing 500 ball. The Pirates are still above 500. Some of these teams that you thought would be bad are, are actually competing and playing well. The Dodgers have found their groove. I still think the Dodgers need to add one more player to that lineup, but they haven't found their groove. So, I mean, there's a lot of parity, and I love that. We've seen that in the NBA this year, a ton of parity throughout the league, and I think you're seeing that in the MLB. There's a lot of teams. When I say parity, a lot of teams that's even. You're seeing a lot of teams that are even throughout the league, and I think that's better for the league sometimes. I mean, you you want sometimes you're going to have that dominant team, the one team that sticks out. But when everybody's even and competitive, man, it makes for a great season. And I'm loving what I'm seeing uh, from this season so far. So uh, real quick, I wanted to go and give you the um, just leaders in the, the categories. And again, guys, it's going to be a little off. But Peter Lonzo, I know he hit another homer. So he's at 20, leads the league with 20 home runs, followed by Max Munksy, with 17. Uh, whole, uh, Soler got 16. Matt Olson has 16. Aaron Judge has 15. Adalas Garcia of the Rangers got 14. Batting average, Luis Areza from the Marlins batting 374, which is unreal. Uh, Bobachette of the Toronto Blue Jays batting 335. Elias Diaz batting 331. Oh, Freddie batting 330. Freddie Friedman of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Yandy, Yandy Diaz is batting 329. And my guy, Ronald Acuna, batting a solid 325. Right now, um, the RBI leaders in the league, uh, Adaliz Garcia again from um, the Rangers back, uh, with 49. Jordan Alvarez of the Astros, 46 RBIs. Peter Alonzo with the Mets, 45. Rafael Devers, the great third baseman for the Boston Red Sox with 44. Nolan Gorman uh, from the Cardinals and Marcus uh, Simon from the Texas Rangers with 40 RBI. So just kind of wanted to give you um, – just those who were leading, uh, the league leaders. Uh, again, those always kind of, you know, they they kind of fluctuate because baseball we have so many games. And I prepared this a couple days ago, so real quick, just want to give you guys my power rankings. All things sports power rankings. I guess it would be the second week of them, um, but it's going to change, fluctuate a little bit. New to my power rankings, power wankings. New to my power rankings at number ten, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sitting at 29-22, and 22. again, another team that has surprised with Martell at second base, one of the best second basemen in the game. Uh, another team that surprised me so far. So, uh, shout out to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Coming in at number nine, the Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox, the pitching's the biggest issue. If if, the, if Boston can get their pitching uh, situated, this team will be a whole lot better. But they're sitting at 27-24, or roughly 27-24. Uh, coming at number eight, I got the Los Angeles Angels at 28 uh, and 24. I know that record's different. They just got swept by the Cubs. So that record's a little different, but I still got them at number, uh, number eight. Again, with them pitching. If they can get pitching, uh, their offense ain't been bad at all. They can just get some pitching, man. They need a dominant pitcher. They, they're going to be okay. The Houston Astros coming at number seven. Uh, the Astros are finally starting to find their groove. They got Jose Altuve back. Um, they're starting to get back in that groove coming off their championship season, the reigning champs. So they're starting to find that consistency with their bats and their pitching. They're always gonna have good pitching. Uh, Dusty Baker's a great coach. Uh, so they can just continue to get that. They're, getting that. they're getting their players back. And then Abreu, their big signing was uh, Jose Abreu. He don't have a homer yet. Like he is struggling, starting to show signs of his age. So maybe he can get going. That'll give him a big boost to that lineup. Coming in at number six, I got the New York Yankees again. Uh, health is the biggest thing with the Yankees. They can get health in their pitching staff, and they can get uh, Giancarlo Stanton back. That's going to help them out tremendously, but I have them at six. I have the Texas Rangers at five, but they're shooting at like 33 and 18. Another surprise is them I at mean, Texas came out. That offense is great, led by Corey Seager, Marcus uh, Simon Day. They are, they are incredible. Uh, the pitching staff led by Jacob DeGrom. So what a – you know, everybody bashed them for picking the Rangers, but we see why he took the Rangers now. Great team. Uh, coming at number four, a team that has surprised me—the Baltimore Orioles, man, sitting at 34 and 18—an um, incredible team. It's really offense; their offense is incredible. Um, I don't really know much about the pitching or who they have in the pitching staff. That's something I have to look into more. But their offense has been one of the best in the league. Coming at number three, I got the Atlanta Braves again at 32 and 22. Like I told you guys, Ronald Acuna is back to being one of the top three players in the game. Uh, if we can get uh, Max Freed and we can get uh, Kyle Wright back, I think that the Braves will be right up there with the contenders. Actually, they're still a contender with that happening. Shout out to my boy Chill B. but they're still a contender with that happening. But uh, I think the Braves, once they get those two guys back, I still I believe that they're going to make a push and try to uh, you know win this division and try to win another World Series. Coming at number two, I got the Los Angeles Dodgers. Man, the Dodgers have rebounded very well. The Dodgers has. Uh, you know, been playing the pitching. They've now, you were talking about injuries to pitching staff. They got like three or four pitchers out. So they've been calling people up left and right and still getting the job done. So shout out to Mookie Betts. Shout out to Freddie Freeman, uh, Max Muncy done got hot. Jason Hayward, who's having a bounce back year. Let me take somebody else who's having a, back, back, a bounce back year. JD Martinez came from the Boston Red Sox, having a bounce back year for the uh, Dodgers. I think he's got like 12 homers. He destroyed the Braves and we played them, hit like three of his 12 against us. So JD is a big, um, Part of that offense right now if jd gets going man he can hit for average for power i mean the guy's great uh once he gets going so jd martinez has been a great addition for the dodgers so and jason hayward has too he's been playing well so i got the dodgers at two and then no question at number one tampa bay rays uh best team in baseball again i told you guys they're doing it with pitching and they're doing it with uh offense leading the league and home runs um they, they, they are incredible there's nothing they can't do they play solid defense they play small ball they can hit the home run this is literally a complete baseball team that's managed great. So Tampa Bay Rays, no question, at number one, followed by the Dodgers, the Braves, the Orioles, the Rangers sitting at five, the Yankees at six, Astros at seven, the Angels at eight, the Red Sox at nine, and the Diamondbacks at ten. So those are my all things sports power rankings. And the MLB, again, guys, continue to follow. What i do, too, is i do like a midseason grade here soon. Um, back, you won't hear me talk about the MLB every week because it's just too many games. It's too much to go on. So, But I'll do a mid-season review coming up here soon. So th- I'm going to take a break. Uh, and when I get back, we're going to talk about the NFL. I don't have a lot to talk about the NFL because there's not a lot going on. But there's a free agent wide receiver out here that I'm interested by by the name of DeAndre Hopkins. So we're going to talk about D-Hop when we get back. The All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. I'll be right back after this short break. All right, all right. Welcome back to All Fame Sports Podcast. You got junior Let's hop into some NFL talk. So, really, there's not a lot going on in the NFL right now. You have OTAs that's going on, uh, the off-season program. So, there's not really a lot to talk about other than some big news that's came out. But, uh, again, what I'll do is as the season gets closer, um, I'm going to start breaking down each division, kind of like what I did in baseball, what I expect from each division. Uh, some of the storylines from each division, I'll break down each team. I'll probably have, I ain't no problem to it, i definitely have a guest in here bouncing uh, ideas off each other, and we'll go from there. So uh, be on the lookout for that, while i break down each team, each division, and then, you know, as the season gets closer, I'll give you who I think is going to win the Super Bowl, MVP, all that stuff. So, but as for right now, over the next month or so, I mean, it's OTAs, not really much going on, but today what I wanted to talk about is an all-pro receiver that has been released. The Cardinals released four-time all-pro receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, They had been seeking a trade for D-Hop, but his salary is just way too much. Nobody wanted to inherit that salary. Um, But I did see that the two teams that had been – the only two teams that had been in trade talks were the Bills and Chiefs that wanted to trade for him, but financially just couldn't work it out. So um, the Cardinals just decided just to release him um, and – if you i don't know if you guys listen to the uh to the pivot podcast with ryan clark um but he had deandre hopkins on there and he gave the list of the quarterbacks that he'd like to play with next and listen to this list josh allen was one Jalen hurts patrick mahomes lamar jackson or justin herbert just think about those quarterbacks that he just named if you put him with them quarterbacks man That would be absolutely incredible to see d hop with any one of those quarterbacks but looking at it realistically the chiefs and bills don't really have any salary to move to to assign him so they would have to move um a lot of salary around to be able to afford him so really the bills and chiefs aren't the bills and chiefs yeah the bills and chiefs aren't realistic uh options unless uh he decides to take like the veterans minimum which i don't think he's going to do that but hey he may he may just say i want to win but i would imagine that you know a team like baltimore who has the calorie the calorie the salary to uh offer him may offer him you know 12 million i saw i looked up the other day baltimore can offer him up like 15 million so you know if they gave obj 18 you know they're gonna try to give you know deandre hawkers just as much the same if not more but they can offer him you know 15 or more mil. so he may end up signing with them for money we'll see but i do know realistically the chiefs or bills it's going to be hard for them to just give him big time money unless they move some salary around somehow uh and maybe they can do that i don't the i don't work in the front office so i don't know how they can do that but if they move some you know some salary around they can find a way to uh get deandre hopkins but um i came up with a list of where i would like to see uh deandre hopkins go um, so here's the all things sports top five real, you know, uh, options where i like to see him. So the number one place I'd like to see him and I put on realistic beside it because of he wants to play with contenders and he gave the list, the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> they don't come to no surprise. Uh, you guys are probably waiting on that. If you follow this podcast, you know that I am a big Carolina Panthers fan. Um, but I would love to see him with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, D hop is from South Carolina uh he's from clemson area so or or seneca or daniel area, excuse me so um he would only be like an hour and a half close to two hours from home so panthers man you know he could be around his moms you know panthers come on come back home to the panthers man would we'll love to have him with bryce young be a good piece for him but i do realize that that's unrealistic oh and the panthers have the second most cap space in cap space in the league so we could offer him the, more, the most money, or one you know, one of the two teams that offering the most money. So, but anyways, uh, the Panthers. I would love to see him with that man. Pair him. You could have him as the one. You could have uh, Thielen as the three. You could have Chark as the two. You could have the uh, rookie Mingo could learn from with Terrence Marshall Jr. Hayden Hurst. I like that combo. A little good young know, rookie quarterback. I like that. But realistically, I don't think he would pick the Panthers. But that's why picked is one as number two. The second team I like to see him with is the Baltimore. I like to see him with the ravens uh pair him with OBJ, a flowers um and nelson aguilar so you'd have you know nuke as the one uh you'd have uh obj as the two or three however you want to put it. a flowers and then nelson aguilar along with andrews and the young tight end um i keep forgetting his name i want to say his last name is ivy can i remember but that would be a great receiving core you got zay flowers and aguilar who can stretch the field and you got deandre and obj who can work the middle of the field as well so i would love to see him in the ravens the third place i would like to see him at is kansas city chiefs that would give the chiefs an unquestioned question number one because right now the chiefs wide receiver core you know I, although they won it you know it, it from paper it looks kind of sketchy because you lost juju you lost uh, miko Harmon, so now all they have is kaderis tony they have NVS, uh, uh, Van Scantlin. I can't remember his name. Marquez Van Scantlin. They have Scott Moore. They have Travis Kelsey. That's really it. That's really it. And they drafted another receiver. It's really all they got. So he would step in to be the automatic number one. But in that system, I mean, the ball goes everywhere. Andy Reid is so smart. He always finds a way to get it done. Patrick Mahomes, man, the top five quarterback of all time. He finds a way to get it done. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I would love to see DeAndre Hopkins with the Chiefs because I believe it would. Uh, he would be the automatic number one. Could you imagine? Could you imagine trying to stop DeAndre Hopkins and Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Good luck. Um, at number four, the Buffalo Bills. I would like to see him paired across with Stefan Diggs. Uh, although I do think DeAndre Hopkins is better than Diggs. I think Diggs would be the number one because Diggs has been there. You have Diggs as the one. DeAndre has a two, Gabriel Davis has a three. I mean, that would be a very good receiving core. Give Josh Allen another elite weapon. That, could make, that maybe will put them over the top. If you gave Josh Allen DeAndre Hopkins, that could put them over the top, man. So, And then the fifth team I would like to see him with, and I know this is a team that hasn't been mentioned, and this is a team that wasn't on his list. I would like to see him with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really would. Uh, if you could pair him with Trevor Lawrence, you would have a receiving core of DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, uh, you have a receiving core. Um, I cannot remember the number two. You have Evan Ingram at tight end, and then you'd have um, the dude from the Raiders. Is it Zay Jones? You'd have Zay Jones. They have a good receiving core, so I would love – oh, Travis Etienne in the backfield. I would love to see him with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that would elevate Trevor Lawrence. This is a team that's on the up-and-coming. This is a team that made the playoffs last year and a team that maybe is a year or two away from – from really being a, a Super Bowl winners, I'm not sure. So, But I think this team is definitely trending up. So top five teams out, you know, all things sports, I would like to see him land at is the Panthers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills, or Jags. Now, I did leave off the Eagles. And the reason why I don't want to see him with the Eagles is the Eagles don't need them. The Eagles already have a number, they had two number one, to be honest with you. They got A.J. Brown and they got Devontae Smith. They got Dallas Goddard. They have a solid receiving course. I really don't want to see him with the Eagles. Um, and I know he mentioned Justin Herbert, but they drafted, Quint, um, I think his name's Williams from TCU. So they have Williams, the receiver Jeff from TCU. Uh, Johnson, sorry, Quentin Johnson, a big time, big receiver. They have Mike Williams. They have Keenan Allen. They have Austin Echo, They have Carter. They have all these weapons already. So I don't really want to see him with uh, the Chargers, but I mean, although that would make the offense even scarier, but, It's nothing against them teams, although I love you. You guys know on this podcast how I feel about Jalen Hurts, big-time Jalen Ports uh, supporter. That would give Jalen Hurts another elite weapon, but I still think Nuke is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I still think he is uh, a top receiver in this game. You know, a lot of people have been questioning, uh, does he still have it? Look, he had 67 catches, 704 yards, and four touchdowns in nine games. Would have clearly went over 1,000 yards if he would have played six more games actually it was a 17 game season so he had what he had uh eight more games to go so clearly um uh, he's still one of the best receivers in the game uh and would have clearly went over a thousand yards and 100 catches again um but you know he got you know the, the the he got suspended for the performance enhancing drugs for the first six games of the season then he missed a couple with injuries but uh I still think he's a dominant receiver. I still think he could be a number one. Uh, he's 30 years old. I still think he got a couple of good prime years left before he falls to a two or three. Uh, so he still got a lot to prove to me. And if you pair this guy with one of them top quarterbacks, watch out. I'm telling you right now, watch out because it's going to be a problem. So, uh, But I'd like to see him go to one of those teams, and we'll see where he goes. I'll keep you guys updated on where he goes, and we'll go from there. But that's really all the thing, all the news on the NFL. Not much going on. Be on the lookout for my division breakdowns going forward in the future. Let's jump to the WNBA before we talk. get to the NBA. Uh, we're going to talk about WNBA and what I'm expecting. So the WNBA season has started. Uh, I've watched almost every game so far. It's been great. The Aces are dominant. Uh, some of the teams that traditionally have been well, the Storm, the Lynx, they're no good no more. Uh, the Fever finally broke their... Uh, Losing streak, they had lost twenty games in a row. They finally broke that. Finally, won that tied a WNBA record for the longest losing streaks in the history of the game. Um, they finally broke that. um The Liberty, with their super team, they're starting to roll a little bit. Um, you got Arike with the Dallas Wings. I mean, she's putting up twenty-seven a game step backs. I mean, she is tough to guard. Uh, you got the uh, the young dream team. Uh, you got the Connecticut Sun who continue to roll. So you got a lot of good teams in the league, but i want to talk before i get to my bold predictions i want to talk about the state of the WNBA. you know i believe that the WNBA, if if you give it a chance and watch it they have a lot of skilled players uh, if you look at asia wilson of the aces you know she's won mvp twice already you look at kelsey plum you look at jackie young all these on the aces you look at candace parker the legend still going Look at the Mercury, BG, Brittany Garner. She returned. Uh, you got Diana Taurasi. You got Ryan Howard of the Dream. You got Enrique of the Dallas Stars. You got the uh, sisters, the, uh, the sisters and the, uh, the, the Sparks. Um, you have so much talent. Brianna Stewart, I did even talk about her. She dropped 45 and three quarters a couple nights ago. You got Sabrina Inescu. You got all these stars. Jacque Jones. You got all these stars um, in the WNBA. But I think that... So if you watch it, they're so skilled, and they have to be skilled. Uh, and I love watching the game because that's what they – that's what they – they have to base yourself off of skill and shooting. It's a fun game to watch. They're smart. It's an incredible game, so I encourage you to watch it. But So they have star power. Um, and then imagine when Caitlin Clark comes from Iowa. Imagine when um, Angel Reese comes from LSU. That's going to give them even more star power, right? That's going to give them even more star power in the league. So I think they have the star power. I think they're starting to get, you know, a more guy, you know, the NBA players already know but more people starting to notice uh, the star power in the WNBA. But the biggest thing that I am, that, that me about them is they need to market it better. Um, I know they got the WNBA app, but if you ain't a WNBA fan, you're not going to, you know, download that app. They need to market that market, the WNBA better. Uh, Maybe join with the NBA, do a partnership with them if they already don't have one to market it better. Um, But, and the thing is, the thing that we got to understand is, and I'm not here to make anybody mad, but the thing we have to understand here is they're not going to be the NBA. All right. It's not going to be the NBA. So let's go ahead and get that, you know, out the way. It's not going to be them. All right. So you got to find a way to market it. You got to find a way to get the game out there. And the other thing that bothers me about them is that there's only 12 teams in the league. Like, and you know there's only 12 teams so the schedule you're playing the same you know teams over and over and over again you got to have more teams man and you say well there's not a lot of players well if you notice the wnba is all the time cutting draft picks i saw where they've already cut four south carolina players they got south carolina had like eight players get drafted they've already cut like four of them if you start if you have more teams you'll not have to cut these people these young ladies so like Develop more teams. Find a way to get more teams in the league. Okay, what you have to do. Go out here and get owners. Do something to get more teams. You need more than 12 teams, man. Get twelve more Get more teams in the league and stop cutting players. Like, cutting all these players and they're just going and not hooping. Like, that could be another team. So, the state of... I think the WNBA is growing, but if they don't market it better, if they don't get more teams, uh, if they don't stop cutting players, I don't think you're going to see it grow anymore. It's going to continue to be what it is. Like, your casual basketball fan and watch it. Like, I'm going to watch it because I love basketball. So, and I love sports. So I'm going to watch it. Like, I love watching their games. But the state of it right now, man, it's it's growing, but not as fast as they want it to. They just not got commercial flights for players. Like, so it's just, I don't know. The WNBA, is, it, you got to find a way to market it better. You got to get more teams. You got to stop cutting players. So that's just kind of where I'm at with it right now. I enjoy the game, but not everybody's going to sit and watch the game. So you got to find a way to get it out there. Um... BG, Brittany Griner's back. Uh, Good to see her back. You know, she was wrongfully detained uh, for a while. I think it was 10 months. It's good to see Brittany Griner back. She's averaging something like 20 and nine, 20 points a game, nine rebounds. So it's good to see BG back, man. So, uh, but if you got a chance, tune in to the WNBA, man. Especially watch the Aces. The Aces are just incredible. And I'll get to them in a second. But just tune into it, man. And watch these uh, women play, man. They know the game, they're fundamental. It's, it's, it's exciting It's exciting to watch. So, uh, But let's get to my bold predictions of the WNBA right now. So my first bold prediction is that the Las Vegas Aces will break the season sin re- the se- season single record of wins. I think they're going to get 30 wins this year. Uh, the previous record is 29-5 by the Phoenix Mercury, who was led by Diana Taurasi and uh, Brittany Griner uh, in the 2001 Sparks. So I think they're going to go 30-4 this year, and I also think they're going to repeat as champions, which is something that ain't been done since the Sparks again. So my bold prediction, Aces win 30 games. Aces win the title again. They're already 4-0, so they're well on their way to it. If you haven't watched the Aces, you need to watch it. Led by Asia Wilson, already a two-time MVP uh in six seasons. Led by Kelsey Plum, who finished second in MVP voting. So, again, that's another problem. That's what me and TLB were talking about, and while I'm on it, Go check out the Chill Bravado podcast. Uh, I know the Lakers season is over, but he's still going to be putting out good content on games, on different subjects. So go check out his podcast. Again, that's my brother Chill B with the Chill Bravado podcast. Um, we talked about that. You know, it's a bad sign when you got two teammates that finish one and two in the MVP vote. That's when you know you ain't got a lot of parity. That's when you know you ain't got a lot of going on. Like, literally, Kelsey Plum could have won it, but Asia finished first, so. But they got Kelsey Plum, exciting player. She's quick, get to the rack, can score with the best of them, one of the best scores in college history while she was at Washington, but has carried that on to the uh WNBA. You know, after she tore Achilles, she trained, man, she got real, but she got a lot better. So check out Kelsey. and Chelsea Gray, man. If you ain't watched Chelsea Gray play, Chelsea Gray's one of the best point guards in, in 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 the world. Forget WNBA. Like in the NBA. She's one of the best PGs in the world. Like if you watch her, it's not even the no-looks for me. It's like her, it's like her feel, her awareness for the game. It's like it's it's like a legit point guard. Like I'm not here to compare the men and the women, but if you watch her, she can literally, I believe she can go to any gym, men, women, boy, girl, whoever, and compete with the best point guards I really do believe that. Because the way she sees the floor, the way she runs the team, the way she uh uh, gets her team in the right spots the way she pick and chooses where the score is. her handle is tough can shake you can get by you it don't look like it she look like you know she reminds me of kind of like like the footwork and the slowness it reminds me like paul pierce how you looked at him and thought Man, this dude can get by you but he would be by you in a second that's chelsea great the way that she can get by you the way that she can run you know a team the way that she does the no look her no look passes are incredible uh the her awareness of the game the pull up the shooting Chelsea Gray one of the best point guards in the league. She would give anybody, anybody fit. So check out Chelsea Gray and Jackie Young, man. Former number one pick. Jackie Young. They they got three number one picks on this team with Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum, and AJ Wilson. So this team, team loaded, man. Jackie Young just does nothing but get buckets. She's a beneficiary of all these great players. She gets buckets, man. She's dropped 30 twice a season already uh, and can really be, you know, that, that that big piece. And then they got my girl candace parker the legend the goat i know a lot of people say diana tarashi the goat but i think candace parker is the goat of women's basketball you got candace parker who can do everything looking to become the first player to win a championship with three different franchises you know she won with the sparks back in 2016 Then she went with the sky a couple years ago now she's looking to repeat that with the aces and i think if she wins this year she's going to end up retiring but i think my girl candace parker is there and she's the x factor and that's crazy to say that right I love the conversation that Mead and B had about X-Factors. Go listen to his podcast. He talked about it a little bit. But um, I love – I think she's the X-Factor. I really do. Like, they didn't need to sign Candace Parker. Look at what they got. I mean, they got an incredible lineup. They got Alicia Gray comes off the bench, crafty veteran. Alicia Gray won two titles with uh, Seattle. So they got Alicia Gray coming off the bench, who can come in and knock down threes and defend, brings that toughness. And then you bring a two-time MVP, a two-time champion in Candace Parker. And I think she won a defensive player of the year as well. You have Candace Parker starting in your lineup. She's dash factor. So this team's tough. This team's going to win 30 games. This team's going to win the uh, title again. I think they're going to be uh, back-to-back champs and win 30 games. That's my bold prediction. My second bold prediction is Z- Isaiah Cook wins Rookie of the Year. Isaiah Cook, the great point guard from Sacramento, now plays from Sparks, has came in and played well. I want to say she's averaging like 10 points a game, something like that. So that may not be a bold, ball prediction, but you got Leah Boston. Uh, you got Diamond. Um, I cannot remember her first name. And Minnesota, who's a bucket. So you got Haley Jones from Stanford, who plays with the Dream. She's great. So I just think Zia Cook's going to come with her toughness, and she's going to win Rookie of the Year. My third uh, prediction, um, and a lot of people are going to be like, no way. But my third prediction, I think the New York Liberty gets bounced uh, before the championship game. So whether that be second round, first round, I think they get bounced. Uh, if you don't know nothing about the Liberty, they just formed a super team like the Aces did. They have Brianna Stewart, former MVP, Sabrina anescu Rookie of the Year. They got John Jones, a former MVP, and they got Courtney VanderSloot, a two-time champ. So Or one-time champ, excuse me, with the sky. So. Really, man, this is another super team, but I think they get balanced, man. I watched them play the other day, and something just don't. The chemistry don't look good, and again, it's a super team. So first, they got to get, you know, twenty games in, they're gonna find their balance. But when I look at Sanne, uh, Sabrina nescu Onescu has to have the ball, but they've been playing her off the ball with Courtney Vaneslu, and that's not her game. If you remember Onescu, Onescu was a triple double machine in Oregon. So, and she's been wanting uh, the WNBA so far, but Anescu needs the ball. She don't play off the ball. So, I think that's going to hurt them a little bit. You got Jonquel Jones, who does her work down on the post, and Brianna Stewart, who can fit in any offense, really, because she's a bucket. Uh, but I think they get balanced, man. I really do. So, that's my bold prediction for them, and two more. So, fourth, my, other, my fourth bold prediction for the WNBA season is Asia Wilson wins her third MVP in seven seasons. Now, I know that's tough again but with 12 teams i mean it's a possibility if they go 30 and 4 break the record they're gonna have to give it to somebody and i think they are gonna give it to asia wilson i really do because she's been dominant to start the season so far already averaging 20 and 12 or 20 and 10 already uh one defensive player of the year and mvp last year she could very possibly do it again so i think asia wilson wins her third mvp in seven seasons which would be great and my fifth bold prediction is I think that this will be the highest rated season ever. Now, again, I know you can think, like, dude, you just talked about, you know, you just talked about how they needed to, um, you know, add more teams and all that. I and mean, I really do think they need to. But I think this is going to be the highest rated season that you're going to see um, from the WNBA. So those are my bold predictions for the WNBA. I'm going to take a short break. When I get back, I'm going to wrap this show up with college bay- a little college softball history, um, the NBA talk. A little bit about the playoffs, some news outside of it. And then my rant of the week is back, courtesy of Scottie Pippen. So this is the All Things Sports Podcast. I'll be right back. All right, all right, I'm back. Let's talk about some college softball history. I don't know if you guys have kept up with the college softball world series. But if you haven't, man, tune into it. It's been some exciting action. I got the chance to watch that Clemson versus the number one seeded Oklahoma Sooners, and that was a heck of a game. Oklahoma had a record on the line. Uh, they were going for 48, uh, 48 straight wins, which would have been uh, an all time record. Clemson went up 7 4. Oklahoma got down to their last strike, tied it with a three run homer, ended up winning 8 7 on another solo homer. So That was just an incredible game. But speaking of Oklahoma, man, this team is crazy. Uh, So they get to the College World Series in historic fashion. Again, they defeated the Tigers 8-7. And they set the all-time record with 48 straight wins in a row and counting. Uh, That's number one all-time. And you know the crazy thing about it is, is they hold the third, fourth, and the fifth longest winning streaks of all time. So not only did they just break Arizona's record of 47 in a row, Arizona second all the time with 47 now. Oklahoma's 48. In 2019, they had 41 wins in a row. 2021, they had 40 wins in a row. In 21 22 they had another 40 wins in a row. Just incredible, man. You got this team over the last four years have set records. Man, that's 160 wins over the last few years. That's unreal, man, if you think about it. Um, they're 55-1 on the season looking towards the championship. The one loss they had lost by one to Baylor. I would be real, I'll be feeling real good if I was Baylor, knowing that I gave you that one. But uh just wanted to get out there and anytime you see history made, you gotta just give it some props, man. 48 wins in a row, that's that's unreal. Um and to have the third, fourth, and fifth longest winning streaks of all time with 40 wins, that's 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 incredible. Uh, And they've done all this over the last few years, over the last three, four years. So that's absolutely incredible. So shout out to the Oklahoma Sooners uh, women's softball team. Continue to dominate, continue to set the bar, continue to set the standard, man. And I look forward to seeing them win this College World Series because they are the heavy favorite to win. Let's jump to the NBA real quick. I won't be too, too long on this. You know, I've been doing a separate uh, episode on, on the playoff recaps, and I'll drop one of those later as well. But real quick, uh, for those of you that didn't know, Denver swept the Lakers 4-0. LeBron went out with an uh, incredible game, uh, 40-10-9. Jokic and Murray did their thing. Uh, So we'll see um, what happens with Denver and now Miami. Uh, Miami defeated the Boston Celtics last night. I really – let's back up for a second. I really thought Boston was going to complete the comeback. It would have been the first team ever to win coming back from 3-0. Um, I did not watch much of that game to, uh, to the surprise, you would think. Again, like I just said, when history's on the line, I like to watch it. But I didn't even watch most of that game. Um, but for a little bit, I did see I did see Tatum got hurt on the first play of the game, and he wasn't himself. He came out and said that he was in a lot of pain. Uh, that did like a pretty bad ankle sprain. He was a shell of himself, wasn't aggressive at all, couldn't do much pushing off of that ankle. But this is game seven. I'm not giving them no excuses. Uh, Jalen Brown didn't play his best. uh, And the team, the offense, uh, from what I saw from the highlights, the offense looked real stagnant, put up a ton of threes. uh, And that's what got them in that hole in the first place, not attacking the basket, just shooting threes and settling. Miami came in hungry. Miami was the hungrier team. Miami was confident they can go into Boston and win, and that's what they did. Shout out to my brother Max. Uh, Max told me that the Heat was gonna win in seven. And I kept going back and forth. I said, "Man, no, my mentals on the side." He said, "Man, that don't matter." He said, "They don't won twice in Boston." So shout out to my brother Max, uh, Coach Max. Uh, just know what he's doing, know what he's talking about. And while I'm on that, for a lot of my local people, if you ain't had a chance to go to uh, the Elite uh, Boldings Elite Car Wash,ing you need to go to it, man. My brother Max is the best in the game as uh, far as washing cars he's the best there is so all my local people if you haven't had a chance to go check out um the car wash side of the business go check that out man max the elite boat elite detailing go check him out uh and i'm gonna start reading off some of his prices and start advertising it for him because he is great um and i get all my cars washed by him uh he's absolutely incredible so go check out my brother max man uh, he does an incredible job has a Facebook page, Elite Detail, and go check that out. Uh, And I promise you, I promise you, you will not be uh, disappointed in the job that he does because he's great. So not only is he a phenomenal basketball coach, but he's great at what he does. He's great at anything he does. So shout out to my brother, Max, man. Hopefully I can get him on the podcast one day and let you hear some of the knowledge that comes from my brother. But, um, again, he told me he did seven, and I argued back and forth with him because I thought Boston. My thing was if you come – if you don't play this hard all already, you, you're gonna come back from if you if you're gonna come back from 03, you can't just not win, right? Like you can't just not expend all that energy and then come back and not win the series. So I really thought that Boston was gonna win, but man, they came out and just laid an egg. Um jacked up threes, Tatum was you know not himself, just did not look like they had to fight. Miami had to fight, Miami had the game plan, they executed the game plan, and they went in there and they won. So That sets up a matchup between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Um, I'm not going to give you my prediction yet because I'm going to do another episode to break down the matchup, to break down what I think is going to happen. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, And in other news, um, Adrian Griffin becomes the head coach of the Bucs. uh, Nick Nurse pulled out of that job because now Nick Nurse became the coach of the Sixers so you have Adrian Griffin who was an assistant with the Raptors he came to coach the Bucks, and uh, I saw reports that said that Giannis had vouched for him that Giannis wanted him to uh, coach him and now Nick Nurse uh, pulled out of those jobs to go coach the Sixers so that's two of the you know, uh, two of the jobs that people saw, they're closed now. Now you still got Phoenix that needs a coach. You still got Detroit that needs a coach. And you still got Toronto that needs a coach. So we'll see what happens. You still got Doc Rivers out there. You got Monty Williams out there. Mark Jackson's name. Kenny Atkinson, the assistant for Warriors, been out there. So you got all these names are still out there. Be curious to see what happens. I think Doc, uh, I think his time may be over. Like me and TLB said, the Doc's out. The Nurses in <laughs> in Philly. So we'll see what happens there. I think Doc Rivers' coaching career might be coming to an end. Um, I don't see – outside of Phoenix, I don't see a team that he can go to. I really don't. Um, Because at this stage of Doc's career, you want an established team with an established veteran, superstar to coach and try to win you another championship before you ride off to the sunset. I don't see him going to Phoenix. I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot here lately. I could be wrong. So maybe Phoenix ends up giving him a shot, but I don't see that. So – We'll see what happens with, though, with that. And also, I told you guys, I'm going to start doing live news. I just got noticed that Bob Myers is stepping down as the executive, uh, two-time executive of the year, the GM of the Golden State Warriors, the architect, the one that drafted all of these players. He is stepping down and stepping away from the team. He said it's just time to step away. So um, I am curious to see what happens with Bob Myers, to where he goes. I saw that Washington Wizards offered him a pretty – Uh, lucrative contract to do the same thing for them, so I'm curious to see what happens uh, with Bob Myers, and I'm curious to see what happens with this team now. Bob Myers stepped away, Uh, so I'm curious to see the direction of this team. Like I told y'all, the Golden State Warriors, they got a lot of decisions to make, but we're going to talk about more about them later with my guest that comes, but he did step away, so we'll see what happens there, so that's really all the NBA news I got for you. Um, And now, before I get out of here, my rant of the week, courtesy of Scotty Pippen so I don't know if you guys heard um, Scotty Pippen got on with Stacey King former player of his uh, former, former teammate of his got on I guess it was his podcast or his show or I don't know what the platform is but anyways got on there and said that Michael Jordan was a horrible player and took horrible shots before Scotty got there and that Jordan wasn't a GOAT and that also that he don't talk about uh, GOAT debate because of team sport. Now, mind you, before I get into uh the stats that I want to get into to, to show you that Scotty was talking some crazy stuff, mind you, this is the same guy that a couple of years ago said that LeBron James was the GOAT, then recanted because he got so much pushback and said that Michael Jordan was the GOAT. Then he recanted that and said that he was the GOAT himself. And then he came out just a couple weeks ago and said that now he don't believe that there's a goat because it's a team sport. Like, dude make your mind up scotty what you want to do like who to go do you believe in ghosts or do you not because well, at first it was lebron then it was jordan then it was yourself now it's nobody so this dude just kind of lost uh i'm gonna get into some more stuff here in a minute of why i think he said this but uh he also said that nobody would have the career that lebron james has, statistical wise and i agree with that i don't think he was wrong i don't think nobody would have the career lebron has lebron's the only player in league history with 30k points, 10k rebounds, 10k assists, I don't think you'd never see somebody do that. So he wasn't wrong about that. I think LeBron's got the greatest statistical resume ever, and it's going to continue to grow. 19-time All NBA, 19-time All Star, four-time MVP. Look, like, I don't think four-time Finals MVP. Like I don't. That's that's pretty the doggone good resume there. So one scoring title, uh, pretty good. A few All Defensive Teams. That's a pretty good resume. So he wasn't lying about that. But what he was lying about was Jordan being a horrible player his first three years. That that, that is an inaccurate statement. Let me read you why. Year one of Michael Jordan's career, his rookie season. First off, drafted number three overall. One rookie of the year. Played 82 games. Averaged 28.2 points a game. Check this out. On 51.5% shooting. Does that sound like bad shots to you? 51%? All right six and a half rebounds six assists one rookie of the year was an all-star starter his rookie year and he made the playoffs a team that won 20 games a year before made the playoffs and got swept that year but does that sound like a bad year to you it don't to me year two he only played 18 games because he broke his foot but in 18 games averaged 22.7 points a game 3.6 rebounds 2.9 assists shot 48 percent from the field um came back for the playoffs, scored a playoff record 63 points against Boston. You know that one clip where he drives baseline, hits um, hits Larry Bird with between the legs a couple times, take another couple dribbles in and pull up for the shot? That's that clip. He came back that season from a broken foot and dropped 63. Now, what happened in that playoff series? They got swept again. So, year three. Let me read you year three. Now, the only reason why I did the first three years was because Scotty got there after year three. So he said that Jordan was a terrible player before he got there. Let me, oh, now I'm, reading, I'm showing you that he's not. Year three got even better. 82 games again. Led the league in scoring with 37.1 points a game. Yeah, let me read you that again. 37.1 points a game, which led the league. Five rebounds a game, 4.6 assists. Joined Wilt Chamberlain as the only player ever to have 3,000 points in a season. Became the only player in league history with 200 steals and 100 blocks in the season, right? Did not win MVP that year because Magic Johnson won MVP that year, which I still think Jordan should have won it, but did not win MVP that season. And shot 48% from the field, averaging 37 points a game. And got swept in the playoffs that year as well by the Boston Celtics, who eventually went and won the championship that year. So I don't know what Scottie Pippen's talking about, but that's an inaccurate statement. Jordan was not a horrible player his first three years in the league. I just read you he averaged 28 as a rookie average 22 the next year and in 37 to 30 but he was and shot no less than 48 percent from the field each three years and he was a horrible player took bad shots scotty you can miss me with that man i just think that that scotty's upset because the way jordan portrayed him and um the last dance which jordan could have portrayed him a little better and i also think he's upset because jordan's uh scotty's ex-wife is dating jordan's son now if you just want to be upset because of that, just say that, man. Just say you upset that his son's dating your ex-wife. Because if I had a teammate whose son was dating my ex-wife, I'd probably feel some type of way about it too. But don't come out and just say stupid stuff like this, man. Because that's just a dumb statement. I don't care what you say about Michael Jordan. Most people have him as the GOAT. Most people in this generation has him as the second best player of all time. Some people might have him as a third, depending on who you talk to. I know a lot of the old heads got Kareem. Uh, above him and Bill Russell. I know some of the old heads got him sacking behind Kareem. I know some of this generation got Kobe ahead of him. So you just got to... The, the, the consensus is, though, is Michael Jordan is a top two player of all time for me. And he's the greatest of all time for me. But again, that's up for a debate. But to sit here and say that Michael Jordan was a horrible player his first three years before you got there. And let me tell you something, too, about Scotty. Do you know Scottie never averaged more than 22 points a game? Do you know that Scottie never averaged more than... 20 points a game in the finals run that they played in. Do you know that? Oh, in the one year that Jordan did retire, they won 55 games. Scotty was an all star starter. Scotty led that team in scoring that year at 22.7 points a game. I want to say six rebounds, six assists. Had a solid year. You know what happened that year? They got bounced in the second round. So for him to sit here and say that, you know, that he's nothing without Jordan or that Jordan was a horrible player until he got there, you can miss me with that, man. Jordan helped that man develop and they did it together. Let's not sit here and say that Jordan would win all that without Scottie. Scotty would win without Jordan because we don't know that, and we can't say that. And we know in basketball that it's a team effort, man, that you can win. you you got to be able to have two elite players to win. I'm so tired of people saying that, you know, this person do it on their own, this person. Now, Jimmy is definitely, you know, Jimmy Butler is definitely uh, – Defying all the odds right now, but let's just—you can miss me with all that Jordan could have done it without him because he couldn't have done it without Pippen. Pippen was the point forward of that team. Pippen defended that team. Pippen did a lot for that team. So, but for Scotty to come out and say that Jordan was terrible, Scotty, you can miss me with that man. You need to just get over your feelings, get over whatever you got going on. You and Jordan need to go to some type of golf resort and and make this up because those statements you made right there, that was dumb because Jordan was far from being a bad player. You just salty, man. You just sound like a salty old teammate to me that need to get over it. So this is All Things Sports Podcast, which you guys are. Hope you guys have a beautiful day. Tune in later in the week to when I have my first guest or my second guest on the show. Actually, my third guest. Man, look at me. I'm all behind because I had one with Cole and me and TLB got together. So, yeah, this will be my third guest. So be on the lookout for that episode dropping. You don't want to miss it. Trust me. Hope you guys have a great day. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this, whether it be, you know, in the morning, whether it be in the afternoon, evening, night, whenever it is you listen, I hope you guys enjoy it. Then let me know your thoughts on the Facebook page. Leave me some comments. Leave me some thoughts on just the episodes that's going on. I appreciate it. Peace out.